This is Horsepower Happenings. Tear up the body panel, fine. You know, you can bend those. You could have destroyed the whole race car, if not worse. I don't have any problem racing each other and trading paint and moving people. I mean, that's it's a short track bull ring. This right. is not Daytona. From the MCRP studios in the Motor City. But I do know also one thing. By the time I'm his age, I'll have more than 100 wins, and I promise you that. With Zach Heiser. Fager leads him down on the bottom side of the racetrack. Moyer trying to make something happen on the top shelf. Big run. He'll cross over now down the back straightaway into turn number three. Moyer puts the binders on Fager nearly on the bike. And Rich Frank. Any progress, Zach, that they made on the last stop, they ruined on this one. So now they're really trying to get this thing off the ground. From the Motor City Racing Promotion Studios. Hey, guys, this is Ford Hodge. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion, Rusty Schlink. This is Bobby Santos. This is Travis Stemler. This is Travis Brady. This is Andrew Shai. David Melky. Josh Fry. Ryan Rua. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happening. Speed Week's behind us, and uh, it's all wrapped up. Lots of great racing was had on the dirt and on the pavement. We'll put a cap on it all tonight, but right now, let's take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. Uh, as we said, Speed Weeks is behind us in the books, which means the 2020 season is in full swing. We'll break down some of those major headlines coming up. A new look for sprint car racing in the state of Michigan with the Great Lakes Sprints, fielding three separate series for fans to enjoy. Barry Marlowe joins us to chat about the exciting future. It's a change of scenery for Canada's Dylan Westbrook from Oshweekin Speedway to the National ASCS Tour. Westbrook chats about what to expect in 2020. Some history this weekend in Daytona in the form of flower power. Rich and I break down what that means coming up in just a few moments. All those things and much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Uh, Rich, at the time of this recording right now, kind of a gloomy day in motorsports because everybody just got done watching the Daytona 500. And right now everyone's praying for South Bend, Indiana's Ryan Newman. Yeah, a tough hit. Uh, you know, we were watching. Get, we have to back it up. When we first started watching it, uh, we got here a little early and started watching it together. And uh, three quarters of the way through, we were like, Everybody's still out there. Yeah, what's it's going to be a great on? race. And uh, this might be a great race to the end. And then the last 50 laps, uh, it got pretty ugly. Yeah, kind of, you know, the, the race kind of did what we expected it to do. It, it's, it's a byproduct of super speedway racing. This is, for me, uh, at 25 years old, the first time that I have been really concerned about the status of a NASCAR driver in a long time. The, that, that hit that we saw was very scary and we were and we were looking at it we kept watching the replays and, and i was trying to figure out wow it, it didn't look that bad and then the third one third time i saw it i didn't see when the car hit his driver's window yeah um that's what scared me um you've seen cars go up in the fence and turn around and hit the <clears> hit the <throat> we've seen a lot of gnarly, soft walls yeah. safety walls that didn't scare me um but when anytime you have a car coming through the driver's window um you have to be concerned. And again, tri-oval, checkered flag, 200 miles an hour, right into the window net. Um, just, a, just a bad little situation there. And, uh, you know, as we said, we had to come on the air. So at this time, we don't know um, exactly what the, the status is of Ryan, but we're just praying that everything's good for the uh, Indiana Rocket Man. Meanwhile, um, Denny Hamlin gets the win. He becomes the fourth driver to go back-to-back -back in Daytona 500 uh, championships 
Uh, going back to 2019, he got the win. And now Denny Hamlin is involved in the two closest finishes in NASCAR history. Go back to 2016 uh, with him and Martin Truex Jr., where it's right down to the wire. And now today with Ryan Blaney, he now has the two closest finishes in Daytona 500 history, and they're both wins. Unbelievable. And we were wondering if the caution was going to come out on the last lap because of the wreck that was happening down in turn one. And I kept saying, watch for the caution, and it never came out. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Ryan Newman got a big help from Blaney uh, to get around. There's no way that Hamlin – I thought he was done. Right. Going into turn three, I thought it was over. And then Hamlin gets a hold of Blaney, and here they come back at it, and, and it was unbelievable. It's not Ryan – Blaney's fault what happened no um he he and how about Blaney for <laughs> hanging on to that race car I mean Hamlin had him dead to rights completely sideways out of turn four and he gathered it back up and kept on going he sure did and then Ryan Blaney went everywhere he could and Ryan Newman threw block after block on yeah. him nowhere to go uh and, and you know and then then we saw what else happened but it was a great finish uh I think about a foot uh, a foot maybe apart, maybe <laughs> at the start finish line so uh you know, congratulations to Denny Hamlin, uh, number three, mm-hmm. Daytona 500. And how about Chris Busher brings it home on the podium in third in a return to Roush Fenway Racing. Exciting for that young driver at 27 years old to kind of get a revitalized jump on his career. And on one of the restarts, we were talking about it. We said, that's really good for Ryan Newman to have his teammate right on his bumper. We thought that might be the move of the race if Chris Busher could get up there and push Ryan Newman. Didn't really work out that way, but still Chris Busher came out with a very good finish. Yeah, well, uh, exciting Daytona 500, as we said, uh, just waiting and seeing and hoping for the best uh, out of that final crash. Make it three wins in a row, not for Denny Hamlin, but how about for Volusia Speedway Park's newest success story, Jimmy Owens. The Tennessean came into the 49th Dirt Car Nationals presented by Bozard Ford without ever seeing victory lane at the facility, but left with three Gator trophies on Saturday uh, to show for his efforts across the four World of Outlaw Morton Building's late model series shows. Two-time and defending series champion Brandon Shepard successfully defended his 2019 Big Gator title with finishes of first, second, first, sixth, fourth, and fifth over the six nights of 2020 late model week for his second career Dirt Car Nationals championship. With those consistent finishes, Shepard also retains his position atop the World of Outlaws point standings. He may not have been as dominant at Volusia as he was a year ago, but Shepard was indeed the rightful champion for his consistency all week. And what a Florida-Georgia speed weeks he's had overall, winning five races across two Florida tracks and earning several other top fives. With another addition to the Dirt Car Nationals now in the history, the uh, Outlaws turn their attention to Tennessee, Duck River Raceway Park coming up in just a couple weeks, Rich, just right around the corner, March 6th, and Smoky Mountain Speedway's Tennessee tip-off on March 7th. Yeah, exactly, Zach. And now we'll move to the pavement action over at New Smyrna. It was a slip of fortune for Ty Majeski just one night after Friday's NASCAR Truck Series race as he scored his seventh career World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing win in the Orange Blossom 100 to conclude the week. It was a special win for the Wisconsin driver who earned his 100th career feature win just after missing out. Uh, in the Snowball Derby a couple of months ago. He would not be denied on Saturday night, passing race-long leader Anthony Sergi with less than 30 laps to go for the marquee win. The win comes just one night after his rookie NASCAR Truck Series season began on his roof after an early race wreck. But while racing for the lead, he had another issue on his mind. 
his brakes. Late in the race, uh, the brakes on the number 91 machine began to fade, and as he was battling for the lead with Sergi, he took one last shot to get around Sergi with a nice move around the outside. Shortly after, a caution would come out and allow Majeski to cool the brakes, enabling him to lock down the big victory. World Series race winners Brad May, Jesse Love, and Derek Griffith followed Majeski across the line. Bubba Pollard rounded out the top five in his only start of the week. And by virtue of his fourth-place finish, Griffith earned the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing Points Championship for the first time in his career. Well, we talk about that, and uh, let's talk about something that's not late model or tour-type modifieds because they normally take the spotlight during the World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing. But one driver has been living up to the family name in Florida Modified Division over the last several years, and that's Michigan's Travis Eddy. He wrapped up his third Florida Modified Championship in four years Saturday night with his fifth win in seven races Eddie's first two World Series titles came in tight points battles, winning the 2017 crown by just five points over Jeff Choquette and last year's title via a tiebreaker with Wayne Parker. The 2020 World Series was a different story, winning all but two races during the week and earning the title by 32 points over Parker. That's a dominating performance by Travis Eddy. You know, Travis Eddy's a young man, and he was racing against some gentlemen with a lot of experience. And he was a man amongst kids. Uh, I don't know how he didn't sweep every single night, uh, but he just looked, when he was out front, it was dominating. It was just flat out dominating. They had that uh, that how modified rolling all week long. And uh, it, it was just amazing on, on what he did down there. Well, some amazing, speaking of amazing and down at Speed Weeks, let's talk about some history setting runs done by a couple of ladies making their names in the uh, stock car racing world. Uh, let's start with a driver that you've had a chance to talk to a couple of different times, and this is our Here's the Deal segment this week with Rich France. Haley Deegan, Natalie Decker, great speed weeks for those ladies. Absolutely. Uh, we talked to Haley Deegan um, in her ARCA race last year when uh, she showed up at the Toledo Speedway for the first time. And, uh, you know, she she was just still running. It was her first ARCA race uh, on the short tracks. She made her first start this week about a week ago at uh at daytona international speedway and pulled off a second place finish uh tied for the uh tied for the best finish by a woman in an arca event at daytona so i thought she did an outstanding job she had a clean truck at the end yeah. or a car at the end uh so i thought she did a great job and then natalie decker you know everybody she took a beating on social media the last half of last season uh i got a chance to talk to her a couple of seasons ago when she was at toledo running in the ARCA race, and uh, she had to go to the tail of that event for uh, unapproved changes at the beginning of the race, but she brought that truck home in fifth, the best finish ever in a NASCAR truck series uh, by a woman. Um, I, thought I thought she did a fantastic job. Uh, both of those ladies did a great job. And you know what the coolest thing I thought was, too, is did you see the video that made the rounds on Twitter of Natalie getting out of her truck, and one of the first people to greet her was her mom, giving her a great big hug, and they went through some exchanges of I love yous and uh, just really excited to see what she was able to do and and like you said she takes a lot of heat on social media and we have to remember that she's a young driver let alone her being a female she is a young individual and her she's 19 i believe um she's got some growing to do not only behind the wheel but also as a person so i think that you got to give her a little bit of slack to grow as a human being while she's growing as a race car driver not to say some of what happened uh late last season wasn't self-inflicted maybe sure. a little bit but uh you know she she has a lot of support she is very marketable and 
you can't blame her. You start out a season like this at Daytona where anything can happen. There's a lot. There's we, We've seen uh, over the past two weeks at Daytona, there's a lot of people with a lot more experience than her that have brought back balled-up race cars. Yeah. And uh, she was able to come from the back to the front and have a very good race. So you got to give her credit. Who do you see making it to the Cup Series first? Haley Deegan, Natalie Decker. Oh, I'm putting boy. you on the spot here. We did now for those listening at home. We did not talk about this. This was not a plan for. Here's the no, deal. No, it I'm throwing wasn't. you under the bus right now. Um, if it was, if it was uh, on talent, I would say Haley Deegan, but I think Natalie Decker is ahead of her. Obviously, already with a truck ride. Right. Um, Natalie Decker is very marketable. They're both very marketable. Well, yes. they, they're both very marketable. Um, you know, Haley Deegan has Monster uh, marketing her. That's a nice sponsor to have. They can take her places. Um, you know, Natalie Decker with N29, obviously they, they, they've been with her through her ARCA days and now into the trucks. So uh, I'm I'm thinking Natalie Decker is probably going to get a start, uh, her first start probably um, at an event. I don't know how that's going to occur. Uh, surely not this year. Um, maybe two years from now, maybe, maybe in the Cup Series. I, I expect next year for her to get a spot or two in the Xfinity Series, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, both of those drivers are very talented and uh – if I'm speaking honestly, I think that these two drivers have an opportunity, and, and for me, more so Haley Deegan than Natalie Decker, to right some wrongs, if you will, and maybe that's not the right phrase, but to really show what they're capable of versus what um, Danica Patrick was able to do. I think that Danica had some untapped potential that she let go, and I think that these two drivers are really going to let it hang out and really going to show what they're able to do on the track. Well, they're... They're really taking. Um, they're not pushing Haley Deegan along too fast. You know, last couple of years she's done great things in a late model, and uh, now they're putting her in an ARCA car. And obviously, she feels very comfortable in it, comfortable in an ARCA car. Now we'll have to see. It's a long season. Um, Daytona does not make the whole season because right. anything can happen. And Daytona is kind of a wild card. It is. You know, just because it you is. get a top five at Daytona, that could mean that. Which Natalie's case, she just stayed out of trouble. She stayed out of trouble, but and all the trouble was in front of her, and she still mi- somehow missed it. Yeah. So that's fine with her. Haley Deegan had a good race car. She was racing for the win. Um, she was racing for the win with Michael Self. So you got to you have to give her a little bit of credit there too that uh, she had a good enough car, and she had the talent in the top five to race for the win. She was right on Michael Self's bumper coming to that checkered flag. So here's the deal. Uh, there's two very talented ladies in uh, in the NASCAR sanction right now. I think is probably what the point is. Exactly, and we and we've been watching them uh, the last couple of years. We've been keeping an eye on them. We'll continue to keep an eye on them through 2020. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk to somebody else who's got a couple things you're going to want to keep an eye on in 2020. That's Barry Marlowe, and he is changing up the scene for sprint car racing here in the state of Michigan. We'll call him up and get his thoughts on what's coming up with the Great Lakes Sprints. It's all ahead right here on Horsepower Happenings. The call sounds from race control. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. 
For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, the local company began servicing clients in 2002. Suspension Max serves the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. Learn more about what they can do for you at SuspensionMax.com or call 1-888-629-9226. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. The Motor City 200 is coming back for a third try on Saturday, April 25th from Flat Rock Speedway. The first can't-miss event of the year features a season-opening 100 lap for Champion Racing Association's JEGS CRA All-Stars Tour. Also on the card for the first time since 2007, Modifieds will battle wheel-to-wheel -wheel with 75 laps at the historic speedway. The Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Series opens their sophomore season with 25 laps around the Metro Detroit Bowl Ring. The Motor City 200, Saturday, April 25th, from Flat Rock Speedway, a Motor City Racing Promotions event. For more information, log on to MotorCity200.com. This is RJ Scott, Champion Racing Association, powered by JEGS, managing partner, and you're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Appreciate RJ bringing us back from commercial break. And uh, RJ is proof, Rich, that we don't just have race car drivers on the show. And that proof continues tonight. Tell us who we're talking to next. Absolutely. We have the gentleman from Merrill, Michigan. He's got a lot on his plate. Uh, he uh, is the manager or promoter, however you want to call it, of Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints, and the Great Lakes Traditional Sprint Car Series now. Barry Marlowe, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you. Good to be here, Rich and Zach. Well, I tell you what, Barry, uh, Rich Rich started it off. He hit the nail on the head. You went from being a, a busy guy in 2019 to a very busy guy here coming up in 2020. We haven't had a chance to really break this down on the show. Uh, so tell me what happened a couple of months ago leading to the end of 2019. All of a sudden, uh, rumors were kind of floating around that uh, the Lane Automotive Michigan Traditional Sprint Car Series was going to be bought. And there was going to be a new sprint car series coming around as kind of a startup, and hence the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints were born. Uh, what what uh, what led to all this back at the end of 2019? Well, just really timing, and it all came together. I mean, nothing happens without talking about it. And the traditional sprints, you know, I I kind of talked to Joey Irwin for the past two three years. In fact, there was a number of shows over the last couple of years with Great Lakes Super Sprints that I had the traditional sprints come in and race with us. So if I was running a track, I would bring in traditional sprints as my as another class. So that's always kind of been in the back of my mind, but I didn't want to push. You know, I wanted I wanted the Irwins involved as long as they wanted to be involved. It was their baby, um, and all I wanted to do is is just take it on if they were ever ready to get out and i got a call in september and joe asked about maybe having our banquets together and i hung up and i looked at my wife and i said uh you suppose he's ready to <laughs> sell me the series <laughs> yeah and so it kind of just that quick 
and we had dinner together and sat down and talked about the particulars and what my plans would be to keep it moving and and I thought it went really smooth and I think everybody's accepted it really well because I think everybody knows me enough and has ran with us mm. and we're just going to be a continuation of trying to promote it and be probably a little more on the publicity side and the social media side than what MTS had been and promote the drivers and, and, you know, raise the purse a little bit and bring in some new drivers. So that's kind of how that one came along. And the lightning sprints, we had them run with us, uh, in Mount Pleasant last summer. We had an all sprint show on a Saturday night in Mount Pleasant Speedway. And I finally was able to have those lightning sprints in the pits with me hand. And I'm still excited about it. I, it filled a void that I've wanted to do for four years. And I wanted another class that could be a class that somebody getting older and doesn't have the sponsors, but still wants to race a sprint car could still race. And, or, or for a guy that came out of pro stocks or modifieds or any other class that always wanted to drive drive a sprint car could jump in more economically and the lightning sprints have the same power to weight ratio and they're fast um up in mount pleasant it was, the track went dry slick but those the top not lightning guys were only a half second off our <laughs> full-size wing sprints wow um and they do have a starter so it's a nice class is a guy doesn't have to have a full-blown crew you know he could have his car loaded up after work on friday and actually go to the track and be able to do it himself if he really wanted to so it's a great class and it also gives us a chance to get into some of these smaller tracks that maybe don't have the budget for a full-size sprint car show and we could still have a presence there and give their fans a sprint car show so that's kind of, it just all kind of came together last fall but it's something that i always had on my plate the last three four years from day one but it all came together and and i'm excited it's kind of like having another kid is what it is <laughs> now, barry, now barry just let's uh get into this a little bit deeper uh for people that uh, and some of the fans and the listeners uh you know that really don't follow a, a lot of sprint car racing around the state of michigan and in the great lakes area kind of touch on uh, each of the different series and and what they offer uh you know you know what each one is the super sprints lightning sprints and the traditional sprint car series okay well great lake super sprints um that is a 360 cubic inch cast iron block motor that's the meat and potatoes of that class it's a full-size sprint car um it's identical to anything they'd see at the world of outlaws or the all-stars maybe not quite as much titanium but it's it's the exact same car. We we run the same. It just it's about 200 horsepower less. Um, on a dyno, they're going to run. You know, the top engines are going to run 720, 725 horse. Um, but and most of them on a on a uh, dyno from the wheels are going to be running probably 690, somewhere in that neighborhood, where your 410s, your 410 cubic inch aluminum block engines can be pushing well over 900 horse so that's the that's the full-size sprint cars 
And I've seen, uh, and I've seen those. The, the, on our tracks around Michigan, those things look awfully fast. They are fast. I mean, they're in the right conditions. In the right conditions, I challenge anybody to tell the difference, you know, as a, tra- as a track. Um, but th- they are. I mean, you go to a World of Outlaws, it's kind of like going to the Red Wings hockey game versus going to, you know, uh, um, a walleye game in Toledo. You know, I mean, it's you don't think it can get faster, but it is faster. <laughs> but a lot of it, a lot of it is also the field of cars. You know, as you start having 24 cars that could win it on any given night, that all by itself has made the field a lot faster. Mm. And that's one thing that we've done is, you know, every year our field gets deeper and deeper and deeper, which puts on a lot better show every night. Um, I knew we were someplace good when I had fans coming up to us after our B mains saying that our B mains were better than other sprint car shows that they've seen. And we've had B mains that have had past champions in it. So it gets competitive and that just makes a better show for the fans. I think Mm -hmm. so that's the full size guys. That's our great lake super sprints. Um, the traditional sprints and the reason traditional, the, the word gets used traditional because originally, you know, back 30, 40 years ago, when they talked about sprint cars, they didn't have wings. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, it was untraditional to have yeah. a wing. It was, so, it was an added bonus to try and go faster. <laughs> that's, that's right. So the, that's where the traditional comes from is just because back in the day when sprint cars were first out on the tracks, they were all non-wing. Um, so that is a non-wing class and, and you can find just about any kind of engine in those cars. I mean, anything from four, 410 cubic inch aluminum blocks down to, we've even had 305 guys running with us, Wow! but, um, it doesn't take the horsepower. That wing eats up a lot of horsepower. So, but it's a fun class. Um, if you look on Facebook, uh, Flow Racing has been doing USAC the last year, and you can see lots of video out there of non-wing cars. And it's an exciting batch. They're, they're not as fast as a wing car, but it's a different type of racing. They go into the corners different. Um, they handle different, and but they're also just as exciting. It's just a different style of sprint car racing. Um, so that's the non-wing the topless it is mardi gras season so i think <laughs> um and then we have the lightning sprints the lightning sprints primarily to break it down i mean a lot of guys run hinchcraft which is a brand that was owned by eagle but they they're basically a midget frame with a four by four wing a four foot by four foot wing where a full-size sprint has a five foot by five foot wing so, uh, roughly speaking, you're about three quarters the size yeah. of a sprint car. Our cars are not sidewinders. The engines aren't sitting out out there on the left hand side, hanging out from the frame. In fact, when you see, when you really look at one of these cars, unless somebody's standing by it and they're a distance away, I can't tell the difference when I just glance over and see the wing and the car sitting there. So. They give the appearance of a full-size sprint car. They're just about three-quarters the size. 
And then the other thing is, is they're ran with a stock 1,000cc motorcycle motor. Okay. We don't, we don't restrict the injection. They can put a larger oil pan on in a, in a racing oil pump, you know, things to help keep the engine cool, but they can't do anything to the engine itself. So that's what makes it affordable. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's an exciting class, and those cars are fast. Um, they're really fast if you haven't seen them in person. Well, now that we break the three uh, series that you have down, let's kind of break down what 2020 has in store. I know that um, even as of last week, you're still adding dates to uh, some of the series as we look forward. But a really exciting 2020 schedule in line for all three series. couple of events where you can see all three in the same place, uh, but even separated out. You have a really awesome schedule lined up, and you're, you're really taking Great Lakes to a new measure this year. Um, I don't think that you leave the state of Michigan at all in 2020, no. but you still have a solid 20-some race schedule for the Great Lakes Series alone. Oh, yeah. we Right now, we have 57 races on the books. Um, we have 22, not counting the Canadian Nationals or the Knoxville Nationals. Those aren't really our races. We participate. But just our races, we have 22 winged races, super sprints. We have 18 non-wing races and we have 17 lightning sprint races now the, now the traditional sprints and the lightning sprints those well actually all of them could change slightly i mean there could be one maybe two races added down the line um because there's still some things happening out in the countryside but um but basically that that that's the firm schedule it's all on the website Everything on the website is correct, um, but that's a total of 57 races. Now, there's there's four nights at three different tracks that you can catch all three of the groups together. Um, we start out in May. May 8th and 9th is an all-sprint weekend. It's, it's, the, it's named the Great Lakes Sprint Nationals. It'd be at I-96. And the ASCS National Tour will be coming in and running with Great Lakes Super Sprints. And then also the traditional sprints and also the lightning sprints. So that's going to be a big weekend right out the gate. Um, and then midsummer, on July 11th, we go up to Merritt. From, we're at Hartford on the 10th with the non-wing and the wing. And then we travel up to, Hart, uh, to Merritt for an all-sprint show there with with the super sprints, the non-wing sprints, and the lightning sprints. And then at the tail end of the summer on the 22nd of August, we'll bring all three groups down to Butler, and we'll have an all-sprint show there at Butler on the 22nd of August, which I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm really glad they gave us a chance to bring the lightning sprints. I think Butler's track will be an awesome place to showcase those lightning sprints. Yeah, and it was, uh, what was it, probably, geez, five, six years ago, they tried to do some some mini sprint, lightning sprint action there, and it wasn't bad. Uh, they mm -hmm. just couldn't get necessarily the car count there, but I think I think you're right. They'll put on a good show there, and uh, that track, Butler, uh, specifically known for its sprint car shows, so it's exciting to get the Great Lakes uh, family back there. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited about that. It, um, the Super Sprints will be making three visits at Butler will be there actually a couple times in June. There was some last minute uh, juggling on the schedule 
Um, so it ended up putting us back to back about three weeks apart, or maybe actually only two weeks apart. We'll be at Butler on June 6th, and then we'll be back there again on the 20. Um, it's going to be on the, oh, I just had it, on the t- June 20th. Okay. Um, and then we'll be back out there at the end of the summer for the 22nd for the all sprint show. So, so I'm excited that that we're back down there, but we have a pretty nice mix. You know, we're, we're going to be, we'll be at Hartford for three shows with the wings and the non wings. All of our shows at Hartford will be traditional sprints and the super sprints. So that's going to be great for that group down there. We'll have three races at Hartford. We'll have three races at Butler. Um, I think with those ASCS races, I think that gives us five races at I-96. We'll be at Thunderbird once. We'll be at Crystal a couple times. Actually, I think we have all the groups at Crystal at different times, but all of them have two races. So the Lightning Sprints will be there a couple times. The Non-Wing will be there a couple times. Um, We won't have the full-size Sprints at Mount Pleasant, Winston, or Silver Bullet this year but they will have the non-wings and the lightnings at all those tracks. Now, for fans of the traditional sprint car series, uh, you know, with uh, Joey Irwin having run that and also raced in it, um, you know, like you said, it kind of got to the point where he was ready to get out, you were there to take it over. Um, Are fans going to notice any changes on the surface? And if not the fans, uh, what can drivers expect to see different with with you as the the new person in charge? Um, I don't think the... And, and I don't mean this any any disrespect at all. I think we got a, we got some more people coming in to the non-wing, but I think the fans are going to continue to see a solid field of cars, and I think the racing will get better over time. Um, I'm changing some format things internally, so the drivers are going to notice some things from more management and bookkeeping-wise and format-wise, but really the fans in the stands all they have to do is grab their beer and and their hot dog and sit down and enjoy the show um those are pretty easy directions (laughs) i can handle that (laughs) yeah and they could probably do it in that order if they'd like but um but no i don't i don't think you know i'm trying really hard you know the logo ended up we modified the logo but i tried really hard to keep the old logo in place yeah in fact we've gotten a lot of compliments because all, we kept the writing the same. All we added was GL instead of M. And other than that, it really looks the same. And that's really what I'm trying to do with the group. Um, I'm not out to try to change that. You know, I want the guys to be comfortable. I want the guys to come out. And we'll get a season under our belt. You know, once they know what I'm doing and, and see what we're doing and kind of the overall plan, um, I think they'll feel more comfortable with it. Now, we've had several of your drivers on the program in the past year, and, you know, it, it, it's un, it's un, it was unusual to me because, uh, you know, I'm from the competition side. I used to race, and there's always somebody uh, that you don't get along with. But your family of drivers, I mean, in this group, they like each other, and they will go to the end of the earth to help each other no matter what. Almost the end of the earth. I mean, we're <laughs> family. You know, it's like having a bunch of brothers. But they are. They really are a good bunch. And and I would like I would like to think that it comes down from the top. <laughs> sure. Um, I I 
I remind everybody that we do this out of the passion and the love of sprint cars. And at the end of the day, we're still putting on a, a show for these tracks and for the fans and that also love sprint cars or maybe don't even know what a sprint car is, but they get hooked on it like we did yeah. at one time. So to me, we have to have fun doing it. If you don't have fun doing it, then, you know, the next time something comes up, it's easy to miss a show. And then they miss a show and they say, well, that was easy. Maybe next time I'll go fishing. <laughs> yeah. You don't have cars showing up. Right. So um, I really try to create an environment that the guys know that I have their back. I'm the voice for the group. And we're going we're gonna to do the best job we can. We're going to put on a good show for the fans. And I'm going to protect those guys. I'm going to look out for them. And I want them to have fun at the end of the day. Oh. So, but but I expect them to race hard when they're out there. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to say. I want to go back to a situation in at the end of last year at I-96. I believe it was Phil Gressman wrecked during qualifying or his hot laps. Well, they're the same thing. So during hot laps, um, wrecked hard. Basically, the car was uh, junk. Uh, they had to had to start over almost. And, um, you know, from Dustin Daggett to, to the Lambertsons to so many other people that were on the property that night, they all went and they helped him put that car back together. He had to race his way through the B main, and then he nearly won the thing at the end of the night. Um, what was your take on that? What were, what were you seeing and what were you enjoying as the promoter of the series from seeing that all unfold? I was like mom and dad sitting in the stands and watching their kids score a touchdown mm. or score 30 points. I mean, it just it just makes me, and this is going to get corny, but it makes me proud that they see what I'm trying to do, and they're a part of it. And their actions are what people see. Mm-hmm. And I was just so proud of everybody that I never even had to promote that. You know, that got spun out there on social media, and all I could do is sit back and smile and have that warm, fuzzy feeling because that's what it's about. It really is. You can compete all you want out on the track. And racing is racing. Sometimes guys flip. Some guys guys wreck. And most of the time, it really, these guys aren't trying to do it on purpose. So to see the guys in the pits know, Phil Gressman was leading the points. You know, if you, if you didn't want somebody out there, he's the guy you don't want out there. Right. He's, he's going to beat somebody most of the time. But, but, but isn't but there a time? Isn't there a time where you? I mean, all promoters seem to have to do it at one time or another. Um, isn't there a time you have to point your point your finger and kind of lay down the hammer and put them back in their place? Um, I really try not to do that. I, I well, nobody wants to do it, obviously. Well, I, usually my my angle on that all that is, you know, don't put me in the spot to enforce these rules, <laughs> and. Because That's a good way then to look I'm not going to be a happy camper, and you're not going to be a happy camper. And you know, I try to I try to play preventative meta, uh, preventative offense. Um, I try to make sure I communicate to the guys and gals. I try to make sure the rules are out there. I try to keep our formats similar. I try to tell guys if I blow the horn and we're calling for cars, you aren't going to sit in your cars for 40 minutes. Right. You know, I try to do what we say we're going to do. And if, if it happens, I suck it up and say, we screwed up, we won't do that again. But I guess a lot of it is, is I just try really hard to communicate and play offense and try to avoid, I try to think of all the things that can happen and avoid that. And I really haven't had to do that. 
I, I just really haven't. Um, and I guess enough said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as we wrap things up, I want to uh, give you a chance as we as we wrap things up to say to a fan that's listening that maybe is a rich France and is, is more of a pavement side of things or maybe is somebody who is a diehard late model fan and has, has never seen a sprint car race in their life. Why do they need to get to a Great Lakes event in 2020 and, and make it uh, make it their time to, to check out sprint car racing? Sprint cars are exciting. They're open-wheel cars. They're, they're fast, and they really make the dirt fly. Now, that doesn't sell it to some of the women. My wife doesn't like it because her hair is thick, and she doesn't <laughs> like it dirty enough. But um, they're just really exciting. It's different. You know, late models... They're awesome to watch. I, I started out selling fuel with rate, late model guys, you know, and but those guys can bang and bump going into turn one, and they're fine. You just don't bang and bump sprint cars. There's a lot more. It, it, it's tough because they all have their different styles, but there's just a lot of exciting driving in sprint cars. Because you don't have that luxury of having a fender to, to bounce off of things. You yeah, hit those I, wheels and either somebody's going over or something's breaking off. Exactly. That's just the way they're made. The margin, so, the margin of error is very small. That's right. And with sprint cars, it isn't a matter of when somebody's going to or if somebody's going to wreck. It's a matter of when they're going to wreck. Yes. Um, and no offense, Rich, but the old, you know, the old adage is, asphalt is for driving to the track <laughs> oh, I, was, I was i was waiting for it barry i was, I was being nice <laughs> waiting for it <laughs> and i say that jokingly because you know what i like seeing fast all racing's and, good right yes it is there you, you know go. you could see good racing anywhere i mean i could even stand stand on the sidelines and, and watch somebody go 300 mile an hour in a quarter mile there you go well, i'll be honest with you barry myself. i got started a couple of years ago i got into dirt late and uh I'm glad I'm I'm glad I got finally got involved in it because I have always had a good time. It it is exciting. All I can say is if you haven't seen it, it's exciting. Um, and now I, what I'm excited about as a promoter is by having three classes. I'm excited because I feel like I have a full cupboard now. You know, I can there work you go. with all the local tracks. Um, we've even kicked around maybe doing some exhibition races at some of the asphalt tracks with the lightning sprints just to expose fans to that and, and be our ambassadors out there. Well, so. Barry, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. Uh, Barry Marlowe, the uh, the guy behind the Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints. Find out more uh, by logging on to GreatLakesSprintFamily.com. That's Great Lakes with an S, SprintFamily.com. And then uh, pick your poison from there and uh, find a race that you want to attend in 2020. Barry, thanks so much for your time tonight, and uh, good luck. We look forward to seeing you in 2020. Thank you for having me on, guys. When we come back, we'll talk to a guy who has frequented some Great Lakes Super Sprints races in the past, and uh, he's frequenting a lot more races now than he has been in the last couple of years. It's the Canadian, Dylan Westbrook. He's coming up after this break. Don't go the anywhere. Your is happens. coming back for a third try on Saturday, April 25th from Flat Rock Speedway. The first can't-miss event of the year features a season-opening 100 laps for Champion Racing Association's Jags and CRA All-Star Tour. Also on the card for the first time since 2007, Modifieds will battle wheel-to-wheel -wheel with 75 laps at the historic Speedway. The Victory Custom Trailers CRA Junior Late Model Series opens their sophomore season with 25 laps around the Metro Detroit Bowl Ring. 
the Motor City 200, Saturday, April 25th, from Flat Rock Speedway, a Motor City Racing Promotions event. For more information, log on to MotorCity200.com. Looking to solve a suspension issue on your current vehicle? Suspension Max is a service and solution-based manufacturer of automotive suspension and specialty parts. Based out of Bay City, Michigan, Suspension Max has been serving the automotive aftermarket as well as engineers since 2002 and produces specialty suspension components for original equipment manufacturers and government contracts. To learn more about what they can do for you, give them a call at 1-888-629-9226 or go to suspensionmax.com. Suspension Max, the leveling kit experts. When the call sounds from race control. Hello, yellow, yellow, bottom of one. Yellow, 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 bottom of one. Top motorsport sanctions rely on the elite team of industry professionals for Motor City Racing Promotions to respond. Highly trained men and women in uniform systematically arrive on scene with their advanced fleet of safety vehicles equipped for the toughest jobs. Hours of annual training and practice are executed with precision as the task is rapidly performed in unison. Each official on the MCRP safety team is SFI certified in short track incident response and demonstrates a comprehensive background in motorsports, firefighting, and emergency medical services. It is their own appreciation of this sport and its growing need for professional motorsports rescue that has been the catalyst behind MCRP safety team's impeccable portfolio. For more information on Motor City Racing Promotion Safety Team, log on to MotorCityRacing.co and look for the MCRP badge at a track near you. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink, and you're listening to Horsepower Happenings. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network. Zach Heiser, Rich France hanging out with you. And, uh, Rich, we tried to get a jump start on Speed Weeks a couple of weeks ago by talking to a 360 Sprint Car driver who is going to be down there, Danny Sams third. You can find that program on our SoundCloud. And now we cap Speed Weeks tonight by talking to a 360 Sprint Car driver. Who do we have? Exactly, and we're going across the border for the second time, Zach. Uh, this young man, 21 years old, driver of the Hills Racing 47X360 Sprint Car out of Scotland, Ontario, Canada. Dylan Westbrook, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. All right. So I looked through your stats, uh, Dylan, and, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed, actually. 210 career starts, 55 wins, and 95 podium finishes. Uh, that's awfully impressive for a young man of your age. Yeah, it's... We've had a lot of success over the years doing this, but uh, it hasn't all been easy, that's for sure, with uh, a lot of help with crews and sponsors and uh, a lot of great people that have helped me out to get me this far. Now, I have noticed when I dig, dug a little bit deeper in it, uh, you, you have a lot of expe uh, uh, success on your side of the border over at Ashwick and Speedway. Uh, last year, 14 starts, 6 wins, 6 podiums. Um, are you trying to get away from there just a little bit to kind of a – I mean, I, I would think uh, winning that much and, and having so much success there wants you to go venture out just a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, both my uh, two our car owners that I've had, that's kind of been their home track. So they've always wanted to go there and compete for the championship. But uh, this year in 2020, we're actually planning on going and uh, racing the full ASCS tour. 
Now, in 2019, you kind of uh, started breaking the ice with the uh, ASCS Tour, and you, you did it, too, in a way that was not all that bad. Um, you, you start out in March of last year at I-30 Speedway with an eighth-place finish. You back that up with a sixth-place finish at US-36, uh, another top ten at I-96 Speedway, uh, a pair of top tens actually there. Then things got a little bumpy for you in uh, in August at Knoxville and South Iowa. But, man, you came really close at Lucas Oil Speedway with a second-place finish. Um, kind of bouncing all over the results board there. What is it like to, to go from racing with, uh, you know, the locals at Oshwegan and racing with some GLSS stuff to running with the ASCS? What has that transition been like for you? Uh, the, the ASCS guys, it's quite a bit different with them they're just all those guys like most of them out there live how they make a living so it's very very professional and the amount of talent there it's very different um like normally like on a weekly like out of Shregan or racing just on like a weekly basis you can make a mistake here and there and still kind of make up for it but when we when you're racing with those guys you got to be hit your marks every every lap can't make one mistake or or someone else is going to just be that much better better than you and you're not going to get the win and I, we were you know like like uh, zach said we were talking to danny sam's the third a uh, couple of weeks ago and you know he's going to be doing the same thing and he kind of got his feet wet a little bit last year and he said uh you know you just there's no nights off when you go in that ascs series no it's uh when you're doing that it's your full-time race and it's no matter what you're doing you got to be thinking about what uh, what you're going to be doing the next race, how to change the car, just how to get faster every time. It's uh, definitely a big commitment, but it's definitely a lot of fun at the same time also. Now, you went through a little bit of a change here over the last couple of years. Uh, people in the States, especially in Michigan, probably are used to seeing you in that bright orange and white number 47X with the uh, yellow numbers on the side. That's where I remember seeing you race with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Um, now you, for the past, in 2019 and now starting off in 2020, You've made a change back to Hills Racing. Um, talk to me about that transition from going from uh, your team that we saw you with for uh, several years here in Michigan to now going to that Hills Racing and kind of hitting the road. Uh, it was actually a lot easier than uh, you'd think. Uh, kind of got contacted by Hills Racing to switch over and kind of was a very hard decision for switching away from Glenn's and he's kind of helped me out and brought me up through the stages kind of and never and never had a problem just always been a great car owner and everything but uh just the more i talked like thought about it uh thought miles from hills racing could bring me further in the racing career and that's definitely what i want to do so uh kind of sat down with glenn and talked to him and he he was all for it he said yeah i can't take it that far it's miles is the best one to do that for you so it, he took it very well, and the transition to Hills Racing has been awesome. Uh, like the first day I was there, it's like I've been racing for him forever. It was uh, everyone there, very welcoming, and just a great race team. Now, with joining Hills, uh, you have acquired some rock star teammates to go along with that. Talk about some of the drivers that you are able to race against and bounce some information off of with this Hills Racing. Uh, yeah, Sam, he's one of, the, one of the best 360 racers around. He, uh, he's definitely helped me out with some setup stuff and also as a driver, just telling me uh, where I have to improve and what I have to build on to kind of get to his level and how he got there and everything. And then uh, also 
we've, uh, they've brought in like some drivers like Christopher Bell and stuff. So it's really cool just to be able to like have those guys on your team also. Now you talked about uh, moving forward uh, in your racing career. Uh, where do you want to end up uh, when you start moving through sprint cars? Uh, do you want to stay on the dirt world, like World of Outlaws, or, or where do you want to go with your career? Yeah, I think see how we do this year and hopefully race there a couple of years and eventually get to the World of Outlaws. It's a pretty nice uh, master plan, and, you know, Speed Weeks is kind of a test. It's, it's an early season test to see how you're going to be able to do under the pressure of the entire season. It's a lot of racing back-to-back, and it's a lot of competition all in one place. Uh, talk to me about how Speed Weeks went for you from racing with the All-Stars to the 360 King uh, Series down at East Bay. How did how did your weekends go? Uh, we actually thought it went fairly well, actually. Uh, and the 410s don't have a whole lot of experience with racing them and also the tires are very different than what we're used to so that was almost the biggest change just trying to get a setup that'll work for those tires but still had some decent speed made the feature every night so we were all pretty happy with that and then with the 360s uh kind of that, that track we've, we've kind of had some ups and downs there but we actually <clears throat> figured it out fairly well we think uh we had a third place finish there and then with the rain out I had a good redraw and started uh, first on third on the final night, but we just kind of missed the subject a little bit, and I made a couple mistakes, finished in seventh, but definitely should have finished up a bit higher, but just just a couple mistakes. But uh, we feel really good going into the season now for the first few races. Felt very comfortable, and think we'll be able to just a good start to get our confidence up for the uh, the season. Do you feel like even though you were restricted to uh, pretty much one track, uh, that your time at Speed Weeks, uh, were you able to take anything that you think you can apply to the rest of the 2020 season as far as preparation for the ASCS Tour? Yeah, just kind of getting used to racing that many days in a row. Uh, we've done it a couple other times, but just uh, it's kind of good to have that many days racing in a row before you go out on the road just to kind of get used to it and everything and also like setup wise learned a couple things there that we could probably put towards some other tracks that we haven't raced up before but we're gonna have to now so uh some of the setup stuff we learned hopefully we can use it towards those tracks so now you're gonna go to this ascs it now for any any of your fans around the great lakes area that uh that want to try to catch you racing are you gonna have any spot starts uh through our area throughout the summer uh, yeah, the, they stop at Michigan in 996, and uh, I'll be back, I think we're going to plan on maybe about four times racing at Oshwegan, and then when we're back around there, we can probably hit a few races somewhere around the uh, area also. Well, Dylan, uh, we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us tonight. Uh, exciting stuff with you joining the ASCS. We know you look strong down there uh, during Speed Weeks at East Bay. Um, and, and exciting stuff for you to be with Hills Racing. Um, really looking forward to seeing what you're able to do. So good luck in 2020. Well, again, appreciate Dylan uh, taking you. time to be with us uh, tonight, as we said. Uh, Rich, we open the show by saying that Speed Weeks is behind us. That means that the 2020 season, the door has basically been kicked in, and it's time to go. It is time to get racing. We're just waiting for Mother Nature to clear out of Michigan, and uh, we'll be ready to see race cars on track here in a matter of no time. It is time for me to go to Florida. <laughs> that's what. It, that's what it is. Next week, uh, we'll get out of here. But you know, no, we got the. Uh, 
you know, the Lane Automotive Safety Summit coming up here in a few weeks yep. uh, out there at Lane. Uh, they do a lot of great things. Uh, KTS Track Services, they, they do amazing out there at Kalamazoo. They're going to be uh, doing a whole lot of training. Um, they'll be a lot of safety equipment for people to come out and look at, purchase, yeah. uh, whatever they're looking for. And then uh, I, I had talked last week, uh, Ron Allen, we had on the program. Uh, we, we talked to him about his incident back in 2005 where his car caught fire. I think he's going to go out there and speak to a group of people uh, about that and maybe his safety concerns or how they can help make things better. So uh, if you can make it out to the to the Lane Automotive Safety Summit, I think you need to. Yeah, and again, as we talked last week, uh, Ryan, or I, sh I should say uh, um, uh, Ron Allen, um, had that vicious wreck at Toledo, and, and he kind of talked to us a little bit about that on last week's show if you don't know his story. But uh, Lane Automotive Safety Summit, very cool promoters roundtable if you're somebody in the promoters position if you're in the driver's position this is a really cool thing they do rich they have a uh, program where if you bring in outdated belts they'll give you a discount on a brand new set just to get those outdated belts off of the quote-unquote racers black market if you will uh, to make sure that everybody's safe you know and, it, and it's amazing that the, the safety equipment that is available to you today why why anybody wouldn't take advantage of it i have no idea i know when i started racing in the late 70s and early 80s there wasn't any of this that was offered or available and uh and just just all of the safety equipment that can really nobody ever plans on an accident to, to be honest with you nobody ever plans on an incident but they have everything uh to protect you just in case so you need to go out there and, and get yourself fitted right yeah absolutely it's going to be a big deal again saturday March 7th. Join us over there at Lane Automotive uh, over there on the west side of the state. If you don't know where Lane is, um, you're you're in a minority, so I'm sure that you can find somebody that can take you or just type it into Google and they'll be able to find it that way. Uh, next week, we'll have somebody on the program. We're going to try and get Mr. Berglund himself to come on and tell us about it, but it's a big deal. And uh, we're going to be there coming up. Well, I'm going to be there coming up on Saturday, March 7th while you're down playing in Florida. I'll be, I'll be there in heart, okay? okay. I'll, I'll be there with you in spirit. That works. We got one more show together until then. I do believe uh, next Monday be sure to keep up with us on Facebook and Twitter horsepowerhappenings.com find old episodes and listen to them anytime on demand at the same place for Rich France I'm Zach Heiser have a great week and we'll talk next Monday right here at Horsepower Happenings you've been listening to Horsepower Happenings on the Motor City Racing Network catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.